Today's daf is Kiddushin daf Chaf Hey. We left off in daf Chaf Dalid Amid Beis. We were in the middle of discussing Shein Va'ayin. We're discussing all the ways that uh, that uh, that Shein Va'ayin Varashe Varim. How an Evid goes free, not only if you knock out his tooth and you knock out his eye, like the Torah says, but even if you knock out Rashi Evarim, if you knock out any other uh, limbs, and the Gemara is discussing some of the details of Shein Va'ayin Varashe Evarim. The Gemara is going to bring a story from which we we learn a, a, another din uh, relating to a varim that an Eved is Yotzei Lecheres with, and, uh, the, and and we're going to continue that discussion for uh, for for a little while for all these um, for the, the the discussion about Shein Va'ayin, and then ultimately we're going to hit the Mishnah on Amid Beis, where uh, as a continuation of the previous Mishnahs that talk about the Darke Kinyanim of an Isha and Eved Ivri and Eved Kinani, the Mishnah is going to talk about the Darke Kinyan of Behema. So even though it doesn't seem like it really fits in Mesechus Kiddushin to start talking about how a Behema Gasa is uh, is acquired. But that's going to it does fit because we've been talking about Kinyanim that the Masechta started out with Kinyanim of Anisha, so we continue on to Kinyanim of other things as well. So we're going to talk about how Behemagasa is Niknes as well. But yesterday we left off at Tanura Banan. I believe uh, in the skinny lines, about five lines before the lines get wide, if I'm not mistaken. So, Tan Rabban, Hikowel Eino Vecha. So, if a person hit the Evet on his eye and it dimmed his eyesight, Al Shino Vinadda, or he hit him on his tooth and it loosened his tooth, so he didn't knock it out entirely, but he loosened it. If, the, if it's still a usable limb, if the uh, Evet could still see at all, or if he's still able to, uh, to use the tooth, to chew on anything at all, so then the Ebed is Yotzeb and Lecheres. Vim Lav, Ebed, I'm sorry, Ain Ebed Yotzeb and Lecheres. If he can still use it, he's not Yotzeb Lecheres, but Vim Lav, if he can't use it anymore, then Ebed Yotzeb and Lecheres, then the Ebed will go free, because if he took a limb that was usable and now made it unusable, that's the same as knocking out the limb, but if he took a usable limb and now it's just less usable, but it's still usable, that's not enough to free the Ebed. Tanya Yidach, we have another Brysa, Haresha if the Evid already had weak eyesight, and then when the Adon hit him, he blinded him. The Evid already had a loose tooth, and when the Adon hit him, he knocked out the tooth. If he was already, even in its weakened state, he was still able to use the tooth or the eye, and now it's gone, obviously, he's not able to use it at all, so that's enough to send the Evid even though obviously he couldn't use it very well, but he was able to use it before, now he's not able to use it at all, so the evidence is Yotzeh But Vim Lav, if he was not able to use it at all, even before the Adon hit him, then Ein Eved Yotzeh then the Eved does not go free when the Adon hits him and knocks it out entirely. Now, L'chora, we just said the same thing twice, meaning obviously what we're trying to say over here is to go from maximum usage to some minimal usage is not enough, is not considered to be Yotzei L'cheros, but to go from any sort of usage to no usage is considered to be something that's Yotzei L'cheros. So why do we need both examples, both where he went from maximum to to minimum and where he goes from uh, from minimum to, uh, to, to zero. So it says in Maritzricha, we need 
both the uh, both of the brises that we just mentioned. If we only would have mentioned the first brisa, I would have said that's because originally he had very strong eyesight, but now he's nehura Now he has he has he has he has very he has very weak eyesight. So I I would have said that uh, that 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 in that case, since originally he was able to see very well, um, that that's why uh, the the Eved, if uh, the the Tana would have only told me that price, so we would have thought that it's only when the Adon weakens a uh, a, a strong eye, the uh, the Eved is Yotzei Lecheres Avul Hachad Meikar Namin Hur Kisha Emalo. But in the second Brisa, where initially his eyesight is pretty weak, uh, so I would think we would not have said that he's not Yotzei Lecheres with that. Because even though the Eved is able to, to see with that eye, he never saw with it very well. So I would have assumed that that does not count as really knocking out his eye. Vyashminan ha, and if it only would have told me, the Tana would have only told me the uh, the, the the second brisa. We would have said that it's only in that case where the Eved is yotze lecherus mishum the samra legamri because he blinds him entirely. Avul hasam, but in the case of the first brisa, the lo samya legamri where he only weakened his eyesight. Emalav, I would think that he does not. He's not. Say with such a hitting lecherus, even though uh, the he, he's uh, he's not able to use the eye anymore. so that's why it needs to. The, we need both prices, and it's not enough to have one of those prices. Period. Tan Rabbanon, another brisa. Haresha Yarabo Rofe. Let's say the master was a doctor, and he was actually trying to help the Eved. He was trying to treat the Eved. And he told, uh, and, and the Eved asked him to apply some ointment to his eye. And as he was treating the Eved, he was applying ointment to the Eved's eye, he blinded him. He was trying to, uh, to, to do something to the Eved's tooth. He was trying to, uh, to do some dental work on the Eved, and it turns out that he knocked out his tooth. So Tanakama says the Evid could turn to the other and say, Too bad on you. Uh, ha ha, I get to go free now. Even though you were just trying to help, you lose, I get to go free. Rameshim Gamliel disagrees. Rameshim Gamliel says that uh, the Pazak says, and we learn from there. That it's only going to go free if the Adon was trying to do something destructive to the Eved. But if the Adon was trying to help the Eved, he was trying to be good to the Eved, then he does not go free. So the Rabbanan who think that when you're trying to uh, apply medical attention to the Eved and you knock out his eye, that the Eved still goes free. What do they do with the, with Hasa? Obviously, even if you're not being destructive, the Eved is going to go free. So, they use it to teach what the following Brisa says. That if a person is trying to help his Shivcha deliver a baby, so he sticks his hand into the Shivcha's womb and he accidentally blinds the baby, in that case the Eved doesn't go free. See, there's a difference between the case where you're trying to, uh, to, to uh, do dental work on the Eved and you knock out his tooth versus uh, knocking out the eye of the, of the baby while you're trying to deliver the baby. When you're trying to deliver the baby, you have no intention of touching the eye whatsoever. You're not even aiming at the eye at all. Whereas when you're doing the dental work, 
work or you're putting, you're applying the ointment to the eye, you are aiming for the eye when you're applying the, the, the ointment to the eye. You just weren't trying to hurt the eye, you were trying to help the eye. So in that case, uh, so in the case where you weren't even trying for the eye at all, that's what Vishikasa teaches us in your potter. My time, and the opinion that says that you're even potter when you're just applying ointment would say that I learned from, uh, I could learn both levels from, from that one word, Vishikasa, Vishachas, Shachasa, Nafka, Mi Vishachas, Shachasa, Nafka. We learn two drushas because it could have said Vishachas and it says Vishikasa, so that's why we're able to learn two drushas. That we don't make two drushas from uh, from from that one word. Now Tosus points out in this case of Hoshit Yado, that it seems according to the Maskana of Arugamara, that if you didn't intend for the eye whatsoever, like in the case where you're delivering the baby, you weren't intending on touching the eye at all, they can be potter. Vitema, but Tosus says this is very strange. That if you have a rock in your lap and you don't realize it and you stand up and the rock falls out of your lap and lands on your Evid's eye and knocks out your Evid's eye, that's a machlokas. Well, isn't that a case also where you weren't intending on the eye at all and it was not destructive in any, in a, you were not intending for anything destructive whatsoever and yet that's a machlokas. But over here it seems that we're saying that everyone would agree that you can be part of that the Evid does not go free. So the Mark explains, no, no, over here, there are two things working in your favor. That where does everyone agree that, you're, that the Eved is, is not going to go free? That's when you're trying to do something good for the Eved, and you're not having any kavana for his eye at all. So when you're trying to deliver the baby, that's certainly very good for the baby, and you're not trying to, to touch his eye at all. But over there, it's much more similar to trying to, uh, to, trying to, to apply ointment to his eye and accidentally blinding him, where you only have one thing positive, where like when you're applying the ointment, uh, you're, you're, you're intending to do something good, but you are intending for the eye. So in the case where you have the rock in your, in your lap, you may not be intending for the eye, but you're not intending to do anything good either. You're not trying to help either. So it's only Chadulativusa. So that's why it's uh, more comparable to the case of Machlokas and not more comparable to the case of delivering the baby where there is no Machlokas. Let's say the Evid was already blind. So we said, well, if he's already blind, certainly blinding him doesn't do anything. No, but now you knocked out his eye entirely. So now he's missing an eye. So Evid Yotzi ben That's enough for an Evid to be Yotzi Lecherus from, for uh, knocking out the eye of a blind Evid. My time, uh, what's the reason that it's enough for an Evid to go free? Muchusar Ever, who, because you took him from being a Balmum to being a Muchusar Ever. And Muchusar Ever, while it seems like a, just an intense form of a Mum, it's on an entirely different level. So since you made him a Muchusar Ever, he goes free. Vitanatuna, Tamus Vizachus Tamus Vizachus And the raya to this is uh, what the Brysa tells us. The Tana teaches us this din in the Brysa when he tells us that the din that you're 
you're not allowed to bring for a carbon ola anything that uh, other than a zachar tamim, then a male that's a tam that does not have a mum is only when it comes to behema. But by an olas ha'of, you don't have to be makbid that it's a male and it's allowed to be a balmum. An oaf is allowed to be a malmum. So there's Thomas Vizachrus Bebehema, but there's no Thomas Vizachrus Baofas. So Yachl Yav Shagapa Nikta Aragla Nechtita Eina. So you might think that if its wing is paralyzed, or its leg is cut off, or its eye is knocked out, that that's okay also. That's why Pasuk says, no, you could bring karbonos minaof, but not every bird is kosher to bring as a, as a carbon. So you see that missing a leg, missing, uh, m- missing an eye, is worse than having a mum. A balmum, if it was a balmum, that would be fine. But this is much worse than a balmum. What if, what if uh, the Evet had an extra finger and v'chatcha, so, and you knocked out that extra finger, you knocked off that extra finger, Evet Yotzi ben Lecheres, the Evet goes free. That's only if it's actually a finger, meaning if it's, uh, if it's, if it's in, in line with his other five fingers, so he's got a six finger, but if he has a finger growing out of his elbow or something like that, so the Evet does not go free when you knock out, uh, when you knock off such a finger, then you just uh, really did him a favor. You provided surgery for some growth, but that's not an etzba. That's not one of the rashi evarim. <clears throat> now, this line that the Gemara had about the examples of a bird that uh, that's that's mechusar ever is very interesting because the the, uh, the 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 Gemara said that what's a mechusar ever if it's missing a leg, if it's missing an eye, or if its wing is paralyzed. Now, wing is paralyzed. Doesn't seem that that's mechusar yavshagapa. Is that it has no use of its wing whatsoever? So, what, what does it have to do with mechusar One would have imagined that that wouldn't be called mechusar That that would be <coughs> that that would be considered a balmum as opposed to mechusar So, the Rashba writes in the name of the Ravid that even though it's mechuber begufo, it's considered mechusar because kolkocho shall of beknafav. What defines a bird, what makes a bird a bird, as opposed to an animal or a fish or anything else, what makes it a bird is the ability to fly. So the fact that it doesn't have that wing, that it doesn't have uh, the use of its wing, takes away its entire mahus, it takes away its entire essence. So even though it's, the aver is still physically there, the, limit, the, the wing is still physically there, that's considered muchusar aver. So in the Abni Nezer, in the Tshuva Abni Nezer, in Orchaim Semenal, at the very beginning, he was asked about a, uh, a, a guy whose left hand uh, was, uh, d- d- was, 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 uh, was entirely paralyzed. And uh, the doctor said that uh, he's never going to get use of his hand back. So he wanted to know what to do about tefillin. Can he put tefillin on a paralyzed hand? And maybe we could be mochiach from our sugya that a yad sheyavsha is as if it's chaser. It's as if it's not there, because you see that the wing that's chaser is as if it's not there. So the chora, he said, uh, is, is, the Avnei says it's pashut, that it's dafka by an oaf that you say that, because kol, the, the kol, kol mahuso, the entire uh, shame oaf is al shame afifa, is because it could fly, and that's why the wing is so critical. But a human being with a paralyzed hand is still considered a hand. It's not considered to be something that uh, that, that that isn't there. There's a lot more discussion on that topic. It's an interesting topic that uh, that Ramesha's shuvas on, and uh, there are a lot of rayas on that uh, that topic. Okay, now says the Gemara Amaisa, from which we're going to learn another din about a varm that the Eved goes free with. 
Sabi din Zunya. The uh, elderly people from the place, the Zikanim of the place of uh, called Nizunya, Lawasu Pirke de Rachista, didn't go to Rachista's Drasha. So Amalei the Ravamnuna, Rachista said to Ravamnuna, Zilton Inu, go and tell them to, to hide in their houses, uh, meaning that they should be, they should understand that they're in Nidui now because they didn't show up. So Azalamiluhu, my time lost Rabban the Pirka. So Ravamnuna thought there must be some explanation. So he went to ask them, why didn't you come to the Shir? So Amalei, Amai Nesi, to be why should we come to the shir? We ask questions and in halacha, and he doesn't answer our questions. So if he doesn't know how to answer our questions, why should we come to the drasha? He's obviously not qualified. So Rav Amnuna said, did you uh, ever ask me anything that I didn't answer you? Meaning, I'm the Talmud of Rav Chista, and you've never had an experience where you asked me a question that I didn't know how to answer, so you really think Rav Chista's not qualified? I'm qualified, and I'm only his Talmud. Of course he's qualified. Obviously, if you ask him a question and he didn't answer, he thought that it was a stupid question. He thought that it didn't, uh, didn't warrant a response. So, Baumine, so the Zikne Nezunia asked Rav Amnuna, what if uh, the master crushed the Evid's testicles? What's the din then? So, do we say that uh, you can recognize the uh, the testicles even though they're 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 inside a pouch, but you can see them from the outside? So, if his uh, master's masaris him, he goes free. Oh, Or do you say no? It's not considered a mumshabagaloi because they're uh, they're in their pouch. So. He didn't know the answer. Amrulo Mashmach. So the Zikne Nazunya said to Rav Amnuna, "What's your name?" Amrulahu Hamnuna. Uh, they obviously knew his name, but they were uh, they were building up to something over here. Amrulay, and he walked right into it. Amrulay. So they said to him, "Hamnuna, Lav Hamnuna, Ella Karnuna." We're not going to call you Hamnuna, which is a lashon that implies like a, a peg, something that's really said and established in the base of Medrash, but Karnuna, what we refer to Yoshve Karanos. That's what we thank God. At every scene, that we're not amongst the Yoshve Kronos, because you're not you're not a Baltari, you don't know how to respond to our Tarashila. Then they came to Rav Hamnuna, came to Rav Chista, and he told them about the Shaila, the Zikni Nazunya, Amrlay Masnisa Bominach. What they asked you was really a Beferisha Mishnah. Ditnan, we learned in the Mishnah Mesachas Nigaim. Esrim Barbar, Rashi Varm Shabadim, Kulumain Metam Mishum Michia. The 24 tips of limbs of a human body are not Metame Mishum Michia. There's a certain type of tumma. There are different types of tzaras. I guess uh, this uh, is a dafyomi coincidence. There are different types of uh, of tzaras that. That uh, that occur and michya is one of them. So it's uh, the kohen has to be able to see the entire michya all at one time. So if it's on the tip of an aver where it's angles on on the sides, you can't see it all at once unless you move the uh, the aver around a little bit. So you're not able to see the entire the entire michya at once. So if it appears on rashi evarim, it's not metam mishum michya. So what are these twenty four rashi evarim? Ve'eluheim rashi etzpos yadayim v'raglayim the fingertips and the tips of your toes. So that's twenty. V'rashi has nine the tips of your ears, that's 22 and the tip of the nose that's 23 and the tip of the male that's 24 So and then on a woman, the tips of the breast as well that even, uh, that even the dadim of a, of a man are also considered uh, and we have a brice that says about that Mishnah those same are the by which an Eved goes free, Rebbe and then Rabbi says, Afasirus, that even if he's Misaris, the Beitzim, that it also is going to go free. Ben 
Yomer Afaloshon, that even if he cuts off the Evet's tongue, he's also going to go free, because that's also considered a Mumsha because when a person speaks, you can see his tongue, even though the tongue is normally safely tucked away inside his mouth, but that's what we call a Beis Hastarim. When it comes to, uh, to Chatzitza by Tvila, for example, we have a din of parts of the body that are Galui, that are on the uh, external parts of the body. We have uh, Balua, which are never visible from the outside. Then there's the Beis Hastarim, the parts that are sometimes visible, sometimes not. Uh, the, the armpits, the uh, behind the knees, the, uh, the, the mouth, uh, lower part of the nose, the Beis Hastarim. So the, uh, the tongue is the Beis Hastarim, but that's enough to be considered Galui. So the bottom line is, he said to answer the question of, uh, of, of the Zikni Nardunya, Omar Mar, the Bryce says, Rabbi Omar Afa Sirus. It says even Sirus, Sirus Demai. What do you think this is referring to? E Leba Sirus to Gid. If it's not about Sirus of the actual Gid itself, Hainu Gviya. Well, we already had that on the list of the Rashi Evarim. El Lav Sirus Debates. It must be talking about the testicles, and therefore, you see that according to Rabbi, the evidence is Yosei with such a Sirus. So you could have answered based on that Bryce. So Rabbi Omar Afa Sirus, the Gemara is just going to explain Rabbi Shita. So Rabbi said even Sirus, but now they said even the, the tongue, so from the order of the Bryce it sounds that Rebbe holds Dafka Sirus and not the tongue, because the tongue was only introduced by Ben Azai afterwards, and that's why Ben Azai introduced the tongue the Rebbe, uh, does Rebbe really hold that the tongue is, it, that cutting off the tongue is not considered to be Rosh Evarim that the Ever would go free with, Uraminu but I'll ask you a stira, it says in the Bryce of Mishayim Maza, a person who was sprinkling the Efer Para Aduma on a Tamei Meis, I guess another Daf Yomi coincidence after Parshas Para, Vinitza and then the uh, the sprinkling it hit the mouth of the tummy person. Rabbi Omer Hiza. Rabbi says that's a kashra haza. The person becomes tar with that, even uh, the though you need to, you need you need haza on the guf in a makom galui. The mouth is considered a makom galui. The chum omrim lo hiza. The chum say no. Mouth is not good enough. So my love al shono is this talking about on the tongue? And you see that it's a machlokas. And Rabbi holds that the tongue is considered a makom galui. So how come when it comes to the Rashi Evarim, Rebbe holds the tongue is not good enough. Says more low al When it talks about sprinkling on the mouth, it wasn't talking about on the tongue. It meant it hit on the lips. Al pshita. Well, if it hit on the lips, then of course that's considered a makom galay. Why wouldn't that be considered magula? Now, one might have thought that since since sometimes a person closes their lips very strong, so the lips are not considered a makom galay. That it's considered a base astarim because your lips are sometimes uh, not exposed when you close them very tightly. So Kamash Mala, and that's why comes tell me that, no, the lips are a makom galui. So that's what they tell w- w- women when they go to the mikvah, since a, uh, the halacha is by a base hastarim, a part of the body that's sometimes exposed, sometimes not, it needs, it can't have a chatzitza, but it doesn't need actual bias mayim, you don't need the water to hit the base hastarim, that's why a woman doesn't have to open her mouth, you don't need uh, the, the water to hit a base hastarim, but a makom galui, you need even bias mayim, you need the water to actually hit a makom galui, and the Gemara defines that the, the parts of your lips that would be covered when you close your mouth very tightly is a makum galui. It's not a base astarim, so that's why women are told when they go to the mikvah not to close the mouth tightly, to close it somewhat loosely. So because if they smack the lips together very, very tightly, then they're going to be even covering up a makum galui, where there's not going to be bias mayim in the makum galui, and that's
that's going to be a problem. So the Gemara rejects this. Gemara says Vatanya, but the Brisa says um, we have another Brisa that says Al Lishono, where it says on the tongue. So Rebbe apparently was speaking about Haza Al Lashad, meaning it's it's nice to say Pshat in the Brisa that that where Rebbe was arguing with the uh, sprinkling of the Paraduma relates to the lips, but we know that that's not true because we have another Brisa that says Beferish Al Lashono that it was on the tongue. Vatanya, we have another Brisa when it lists all the movement all of the uh, the obvious uh, recognizable uh, kavua Mumin that a bachar behema would be shechted for and be eaten bchal makom. So v'nital shenital rov alashon. It says that most of the tongue is missing. And Rebbe Yomer rov hamedaber shabuloshono. That it's enough if even the part of the of the tongue that that moves around in the mouth and that's not actually attached, the part that's uh, that's loose hanging, even that is considered uh, the the uh, a, a mums. But bottom line is, in these brises, Rebbe considers the lashon a makom shabagalui in both of these brises. So how come Rebbe holds that an evid cannot? He's not Yotzeh Lecherus when he cut off his tongue. Why did only Ben Azai introduce that? Rebbe should have held that. Ella Rebbe Omer Sirus Velomi Bayi Lashon. No, so it must be we misunderstood Rebbe Shita. Rebbe held that if you're Masaris Nevet, he goes free. And of course, if you knock out his tongue, he goes free. Or Ben Azai Omer Lashon Avel Sirus Lo. And Ben Azai is telling me, no, only if you knock out his tongue, but uh, but Sirus is not enough to let him go free. My Af, then why did Ben Azai use the word Af, that even the tongue, if Ben Azai is being more exclusive, not more inclusive, Akamaisa. He's going on the Tanakama. Tanakama said there are only twenty-four Rosh Evarim, and it didn't include the tongue or the or the or the Sirus. So Benazi is saying, no, no, even the tongue, not Sirus, but even the tongue. If that's what Benazi was doing, why isn't Benazi's opinion appear first before Rebbe's opinion in the uh, in the Brisa? Because it should have built up in inclusivity. That first we have twenty-four, then Benazi says even the tongue, and then Rebbe would say not only the tongue, even Sirus. So Tana Shamal because initially we only heard Rebbe's opinion, so we were Kaveya Rebbe's opinion in the Brisa. Then Shamal de Benazai Vitani and then later on, meaning these said these weren't written all at one shot. It was a work in progress. So they later heard of Shitas Benazai, and then they added Shitas Benazai to the Mishnah. So, uh, so Benazai ended up as the last Shita in the Mishnah. Now Ula is going to explain um, these dinim that everyone is, is moda, that the Eversha, uh, what, what's an Eversha Begali or Besesa, and which dinim um, there's machlokas about. So some, some of the Evarim are obvious, and some uh, are not so obvious, and there's machlokas. So Amr Ula, Hakol Modim, everyone agrees, both Rebbe and Ben Azai, who hold that by an Eved, the, uh, the tongue is a Makum Galui, and uh, the uh, Tanakama who holds it's not a Makum Galui, and the Eved would not be go free, but everyone would agree, the Tanakama Rebbe Ben Azai, Belashon Le'inyan Tumah, that if a person touches uh, the, 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 lush, the tongue to something that's Tameh, that the Galui who ate Salah Sheretz, that it's considered to be Galui with regard to Tumah Sheretz, and therefore he's going to become Tameh if his tongue touches the Sheretz. My timer, well, how do we know that? Because the Pasuk says, Asher Yigabo. The Pasuk says, Vakal Asher Yigabo Azov, etc. Vitame Yad Erev. So you see that, that the Torah is telling us um, that, that, uh, that Asher Yigabo, Amar Rachmana, the Torah says that if it's Yigabo, Vahainami Barnegiyahu, and the tongue is able to touch. So anything that's a part of the body that can normally touch something is able to contract Tuma, even though it's not really Galui, according to all the Shitos, with regard to an Evet. Now, Litin Tvila, as far as the tongue is considered, when it comes.
comes to uh, to going to the mikvah kitaman dami, then it's definitely not considered to be galui. Everyone agrees that it's considered tamun. My time, huh? Why is it considered tamun? Because where do we learn that you need uh, galui? That tamun does not does not need bias mayim because it says varachatz besaro b'mayim amarachmana. The Torah says that he's rachatz besaro b'mayim, and uh, that's how he becomes star. From the fact that it says that he's rochitz his basar b'mayim, we say ma besaro me'abrai, just like the basar, the flesh of uh, the, the the person's skin is me'abrai is on the outside of the body. Afkol me'abrai. So anything that's going to be required to vila is going to be something on the outside of the body. So the tongue does not need actual bs mayim. Can't have a chatzitza because it's a base of starim, but he doesn't need actual bs mayim. Like we said before, a woman doesn't have to open her mouth in the mikvah. Lo nechluku the whole machlokus about the status of the tongue is only when it comes to azah when it comes to sprinkling the air for paraduma. Rebbe midami lo Rebbe says azah is like a tumah related issue, and therefore just like by tumah it's considered galui. So by the sprinkling it's also considered galui. And the rabbanon say no, it's more similar to a tevila related issue because tevila is mitahir a person, and uh, and and sprinkling the air for par is also mitahir a person. They're both arguing about how to darshan the same pasuk. That the Torah says the sprinkling of the effort part is done by a tar person on a tummy person on day three and day seven, and then he's rachas b'mayim v'tar v'erev etc. Rabbi Savar v'iza tar al tummy v'yom shlishi v'yom shvi v'chito. That v'chito is the hazaa, so it's on the tummy person. It's the tuma that we're that we're linking with the v'chito with the sprinkling. So whatever is considered galui legabe tuma is right to uh, to have the hazaa. Rabban and Savri v'chito v'yom shvi v'chibes v'gadav rachas b'mayim. They used to read v'chito the sprinkling to together with the next part of the Basuk that talks about going to the mikvah, it talks about tevila. So you see that the sprinkling is much more like tevila and not as much like the... Um the contraction of Tumah in the first place. Why don't the Rabban compare it to Tumah? It makes more sense to learn that which is Goreim Tara from that which is Goreim Tara. Tvila and Hazah have that, that, that in common that they both cause Tara. Why doesn't Rabbi want to compare it to Tvila? Because he holds that the phrase that it says between and makes a hefsik to tell you not to connect the uh, vechito, the sprinkling of the paraduma, to v'rachatz uh, b'mayim, to the tevila. The savar Rebbe le'inyan tevila. The Gemara is going to ask on Ula that Ula's explanation of Rebbe. The savar Rebbe le'inyan tevila ketamun dami. Does Rebbe really hold that the inside of the mouth is considered tamun when it comes to tevila? Once one of the shvachos of the base Rebbe went to the mikvah v'olsa and she came out of the mikvah and there was a bone between her teeth, and Rabbi required her to have another tvila because he said that that's a chatzitza even though it was inside the mouth. So says the Gemara, whoa, there's a big difference between not requiring water to go in the mouth and not allowing a chatzitza. Granted, Rabbi does not require bias mayim in the mouth, but you certainly do require a makam for, for water for water to go in. Meaning you're not allowed to have a chatzitza. Rabbi Zera, 
that this is the din of Rabbi Zera, that by a carbon mincha you need to do what's called belila, you need to mix the oil and the flour, but the halach is, even if you don't actually do the mixing of the oil and the flour, so not all of the flour has become saturated with the oil, it's still going to be kosher, but you need ra'oil belila, you need at least to have the proper percentage of flour to oil, where if you wanted to do the mixing around, you would have uh, you would you would have enough oil to mix with the flour. If you don't even have that, then it's then it's not kosher. Then the carbon milk is not kosher. So over here as well, you don't need the water to actually go into the mouth of the woman, but you need ro'ilubiyasmayim. You at least need the possibility of the water going into uh, going into the woman's mouth. So you don't even have that if if there's a, if there's a chatzitza. That's a discussion we showed him why, why what the svari is of kolaroi labila ein bila ma'akevesbo. Some say that kolaroi labila ein bila ma'akevesbo just means that uh, you don't have the ingredients of the mitzvah. The mitzvah of carbon mincha is to have X amount of flour, X amount of oil. So if you don't have any oil, it's obviously no good. If you don't have any flour, so there's a certain amount of ingredients. So if you don't have the right ingredients, the whole uh, the whole carbon milk is no good. That lechora doesn't work as well uh, over here, applying to the to the case of tevila. The tevila is not a mitzvah; it's a matir. So what do you mean you don't have uh, you, you don't have the ingredients of the uh, mitzvah? So you say okay, you don't have the ingredients of the matir. It's like having a mikveh that's less than forty sa'a. The other explanation works even less well. The other explanation is that uh, that that uh, there's a the Rashbam writes in Mesach uh, Babas, I think that you have a mitzvah in a mufchar is to do the belila mitzvah shalom in a mufchar the bidyevid way of doing the mitzvah is without doing the belila and if you don't even have the ability to do belila it's so shalom in a mufchar that it's as if there's no mitzvah left whatsoever it's uh, beyond shalom in a mufchar it's such a weakened form of the mitzvah so that's a little difficult to use such lashonos when you're going to describe tevila tevila is not a mitzvah tevila is a matir so anyway kitanai the Gemara says this din of Sirus Beitzim is actually Machlokas Tanaim. Umauch v'chasus the Torah v'nasuk the Torah talks about all these different women. It talks about a mauch and a chasus and a nasuk v'charus kulan v'beitzim. And all of those women relate to the testicles and a person cannot bring a carbon that has uh, one of these women. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. That's what Rabbi Yehuda holds. V'beitzim v'lo begit. So the Gemara explains what according to Rabbi Yehuda all these women are only going to passel if it's in the beitzim not if it's in the gid. Ela kulan af v'beitzim div Rabbi Yehuda. No, what it means to say is Rabbi Yehuda would hold even in the Beitzim these things are mumin. Obviously in the Gid they'd be mumin as well. Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov Omer, Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov disagrees with Rabbi Yehuda. He says, Kulam begid. All of these mumin are dafka in the Gid and not in the Beitzim because the Beitzim are not considered a makum galui. So a mumin, the Beitzim is not going to be considered a real mumin. It's only in the Gid that it's going to be considered a real mumin. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Mauch v'chasus af bebeitzim. That Mauch v'chasus are considered a mum even in the Beitzim. Nasuk v'charus begid in bebeitzim lo. Nasuk and charus are considered a mum in the Gid. They're not considered a mum in the uh, the Beitzim because they're not as nicker and therefore it's not considered a makom galui. So it turns out that Rabbi who holds Sirus is a mum shabagalui and therefore never is Yotzei Lecherus holds like Rabbi Yehuda. The Tanakam and Ben Azay who say that Sirus bebeitzim is a mum shabaseser hold like Rabbi Lazar. Yaakov. So, uh, and we also see that the sheet of Rabbi Yossi is that you could be mechalik between different mumin. That a mauch v'chasus is a mumin shabagaloi in the beitzim, and nasuk v'charus are mumin shabaseser even in the, uh, the the beitzim. Okay, new Mishnah. So again, as we've been discussing different dark kinyanim, how to be kona in ish, how to be kona in evadivri, how to be kona in evad kanani, so our Mishnah is going to talk about how to be kona 
behemos. So a person wants to acquire normal uh, metaltalin, um, uh, so he has to do, or karka, you got to do a mysokinian, but different uh, mysokinianim work for karka and for metaltalin. So we're going to find that even within the world of metaltalin, different mysokinianim work. So behema uh, gasa, if you have a large animal, a cow, a horse, a donkey, nikneis bimesira, it could be acquired with mesira, that uh, you take the, uh, the leash or the uh, bit or something, and you hand it from one guy to the next guy, so he's holding on to it now, so the, even though the behemoth didn't move at all, that's a kinyan. Hadaka, a small animal, bagba, you have to actually lift off the ground. That's what Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Lezer hold, that you lift it off the ground, three tefachim, Pashtus is a kinyan hagba, Rabbi Natam holds it's a single tefach, but you do, you do some sort of lifting. The Chum Omrim, Behemadaka, Niknas B'Mashicha, the Chum say that when you're acquiring a behemadaka, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to lift it off the ground, you could just be Moshech, uh, you could pull it toward you, or uh, hit it with a stick, or quell toward it, and it, will, and, and it will come to you. That's also considered a Kinyan Meshicha. So Darish Rav Bikim Chunya, Behemagasa Niknas B'Mashicha, Rav Darshan, that Behemagasa could be Niknas B'Mashicha as well. Ashkin Shmuel, the Talmud of Rav, Shmuel found the Talmud of Rav, Amalu, Miyam Rav, Behemagasa Niknas B'Mashicha, Vanan B'Mesiratanan. How could Rav say that Behemagasa Niknas B'Mashicha? It says in the Mishnah B'Mesira, Verav Nami B'Mesira Amar. And even Rav himself used to always say B'Mesira. So Hadabe Mehi, did he change his mind and not hold to that anymore? So Gemara answers, Hudamar Kiaitana. Rav, who said in Kimchunya, the Behemagasa Niknas B'Mashicha, said it like the following Tana. Ditanya, the Brisa tells us, Vechamor Mzuvazu, both Behemagasa and Behemadaka, Niknas B'Mashicha. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Zuvazu Bagba, that both Behemagasa and Behemadaka are Niknas only Bagba. So there are four Shitos. According to our Mayor of Lazar in the Mishnah, Behemagasa is Niknas B'Mashicha and Adaka Bagba. According to the Chum in the Mishnah, Behemagasa B'Mashicha, Adaka B'Mashicha. According to the Chum in the Brisa, both Agasa and Adaka are B'Mashicha. And according to Rabbi Shimon in the Brisa, that uh, bo- both of them are Niknas Bagba only. So when Rav Darshan and Kimchunya, he was going like the Chacham in the Brisa, that Rebbe Magasa is Niknes uh, B'Meshicha. So Bez Shem will pick up from there tomorrow, from Masakhavar Yosef tomorrow.